Power Project crew, what's going down? Hope everyone is having a fantastic day. This episode is recorded on June 24th, and it is with just the crew, and we did another Hootenanny. Yes, this is our call-in show. Um, we have a ton of fun with these, and today we had uh, we had an absolute blast talking to everybody on the, uh, the fan lines. Today we talked about nothing but hypertrophy and uh, gaining muscle. Uh, yes, we talked about winning uh, hypertrophies, as we said on air. Um, but we took a bunch of calls, and and what was amazing about uh, being able to do this sort of thing is that we were able to essentially give consults on air, you know, full on like one on one consultations with some of the callers. And, uh, you know, Encima took a brunt of the uh, the duty w- for that. And what's amazing is, you know, Encima is an awesome trainer. He's an awesome coach. He coached me. He helped me get in, into the best uh, shape of my life. And he actually, you know, he charges for this sort of thing. So everyone that did take advantage of our call in show got a free session from somebody who's really good at what they do. So, um, again, we just absolutely love this format. And if you guys missed out, um, if you guys are listening to this, like, uh, you know, after, after the fact, um, you really do just, all you have to do is text, uh, the word power to 206-737-7369. And the next time that we are accepting phone calls, the next time we go live doing this type of show, you guys will actually get a text notification uh, right on your phone and you guys can just click a button and you guys will be watching or I'm sh- I should say listening to us live. And then of course, when we open up the fan lines, you guys will have an opportunity to ask us questions. Uh, we are definitely trying to hone in on like certain topics you know, the first time we did it with Jesse Burdick, we kind of just opened up the floodgates. The next time we, we, you know, had a certain topic and it was a little bit better. And so that's what we did with this episode uh, in regards to winning a bunch of hyper trophies. So uh, be on the lookout for something like that in the future. We plan on doing this a lot more. If you guys have certain topics that you want us to talk about, reach out to us. We have numerous ways of how to do so. Uh, check the uh, links in the description and the uh, iTunes show notes or wherever, whatever podcast app you're listening to. Um, definitely reach out to us and let us know what you guys want to talk to us about. And real quick, uh, before I get out of here, um, time's ticking. It's almost over. Um, your opportunity right now to get a free 30-day trial of markbell.com. Um, this is a paid service, okay? And now there's two tiers of this. There is the first tier, and then there's now a premium tier where you got to pay a little bit extra more uh, more Dallas for. But if you guys register and sign up right now before the end of June, you guys will gain access to both tiers absolutely free. Uh, Mark is doing a ton of content on there. He's asked, uh, He's reached out to a bunch of his buddies to help him with, uh, you know, various content from Jesse Burdick to even like, you know, guys like Jeremy Buendia, when we have them in, in, in house, you know, we end up getting more content and instructions, uh, from those types of people. So again, right now it's absolutely free. You have nothing to waste or nothing to lose and only time to waste. Um, head over to markbell.com register and you'll gain access to the entire website for absolutely free but you have to do it before the end of June because after that, this free trial is over. Uh, thank you, everybody that called in. Again, if you missed out and you want to uh, hop on the phone with us uh, in a future episode, please text POWER to 206-737-7369 and you guys will get a text notification the next time we do uh, one of these call-in shows. So that's it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the show with just the crew and you guys. Catch you guys later. Peace. Oh man, I can't wait for them to come back. They're they're just they're just out of season. That's all. But when they has fuel, oh man, <laughs> they're gonna smash shit. 
Cool. What's going down today, y'all? We're gonna have a hoot nanny. A hoot nanny. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yep. We're, we got. We just went live on the uh, the hoot nanny line. What? Just now. Yeah. Did Our you? last two numbers are six nine, right? Yep. That's what I remember. Lots of six nines. That's funny. Two zero six seven three seven. Shit, I can't remember it. Someday I'll get it. One two three four five. No. Hold on, let me pull it up. 206-737-737-7369. Oh. 206-737-7369. That's what it was. Okay, I said I was it like, too many times. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> as I was reading it, I, was, I said it, and then I did it over. Anyways, yeah, if you guys are listening right now, you can, you'll eventually have an opportunity to call into that number and talk to us live today about some hypertrophies. What's a hypertrophy? Is it like a super trophy? So the a I, very large from trophy? what I understand, this could, this is my understanding from just hearing Mark talk about it. Mm-hmm. When you actually uh, reach the level of hypertrophy mm-hmm. and you get jacked, you actually get you receive a trophy, a hypertrophy. A hypertrophy. Yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah. the last level. You have to beat the boss at the end, mm-hmm. and you have to hit the boss in the eye ten times. That's the secret. <sighs> I think I got like six of those when I was nineteen. Yeah, see, I forgot. They're they're sense. my basement. You got a bunch of trophies. You probably have so dust, many. Dust them off. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, cool. That's okay. What'd you guys eat yesterday? I had a New York strip. Um, I was talking to Mark before I left here, and I'm like, "Hey, um, I haven't <laughs> haven't eaten today. I feel fine. Like, should I fast the rest of the day, mm. and then maybe eat like a big breakfast?" Or and he's like, "No, dude, you got to go home and eat some steak." And I was like, "All right, like, darn." So. <laughs> I ended up cooking up a uh, Piedmontese New York strip. It was incredible. I had it with some potatoes, but the steak itself is just just salt, and I was good to go. That's good. Yeah, That's how about good. you guys? Uh, like a regular baked potato or like the little potatoes? No, so it, well, it was a regular potato, but like I sliced it real thin, mm. and then I actually didn't even know this was possible. You can make scalloped potatoes in the microwave. Whoa. So I just threw butter, uh, salt, pepper. Mm. I was supposed to put some other things on there, but I just like, mm, just going to keep it basic, ate, then threw it in the microwave for like four or five minutes. It was so good. Dude, a potato's underrated, I think. They yes. stay hot forever. They do. They stay hot forever, and they can fill you up pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. You have a big old Piedmontese steak and a potato, Oh, good yeah. to go. Yeah. Steak yeah. and potatoes. It's classic. Now, I pulled out my cast iron after a long time yesterday and uh, cooked up a bunch of ground beef. That ground beef is really, really good. I told you. You, you couldn't find a flat iron, huh? No, my girl's been eating all my flat irons because like she wanted some steak a few weeks ago. Jacked I let up. her try it. She's like, I like this a lot. Mm. And now I don't get to eat flat irons anymore. I think that's a, that's enough for a sit down conversation of yeah. like, hey, we I don't know, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to move forward <laughs> if you keep eating my flat iron steak. I'm not sure about how this is going to work. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough when your kids really like Piedmontese stuff because you're like, no, like you can have some other steak but then you just feel terrible because you don't want to take away like the best thing that you have in the house from, yes you, you can know? <laughs> i mean you can but you feel bad i forbid do you, you? I, I do and i feel bad there you go they'll grow <laughs> yeah i guess so any hoot for more information on piedmontese please head over to piedmontese.com that's p-i-e-d-m-o-n-t-e-s-e dot com at checkout enter promo code power project for 25 percent off your order and if your order is 99 dollars or more you get free two-day shipping thank you piedmontese for all the support if you guys like the show please support them hit them up take advantage of this uh, amazing 25 percent off deal you won't regret the meat yeah 
Yeah, today we're going to talk about being jacked and tan. Talk about hypertrophy, some uh, techniques, some things that you can do. We'll also uh, dive into a little bit of what SEMA does with some of his clients, um, what, to tr- what to try to keep track of. You know, is it good to get, uh, you know, body fat testing done or is it, you know, how, how, how do you kind of just pay attention to uh, the changes that you're going through rather than like just only like weighing yourself or only looking in the mirror um, might be uh, other ways to productively, you know, analyze kind of what you're, what you're working towards. But, you know, kind of start out to kick things off, um, you know, trying to gain muscle mass is an interesting thing because there are so many different ways to go about doing it. And there's so many, um, there's a lot of techniques you got like you know you have drop sets you have supersets you have uh training heavy you have um frequency can even help with uh hypertrophy there's just a lot of different um there's just a lot of different techniques out there um you can even utilize some tempo training you can do some isometrics um but if you break it all down and you really start to look at it and analyze it more and understand how most people got big most of the time there's a good history of trying to lift some heavy weights with some compound movements it's not the only way we know a lot of people that haven't uh really explored bench squat deadlift uh all that much and they still got big. There's a lot of bodybuilders. Sometimes you might see like a Kai Green or something like that using like 30-pound dumbbells doing curls or something along those lines. But those guys, you know, they they have a history of strength. And I don't know if, you know, how much bodybuilding stuff people have looked up before. But like you'll see Kai Green. He's like, oh, yeah, I love to train light. And then he's doing 405 for reps on an incline. Yeah. And it's absolutely just like effortless. Or he's squatting 315 for 20 reps and it's just perfect form his heels are close together he's you know putting his butt on the ground basically and so these guys while they may not really challenge themselves with the most amount of weight that they can use they're challenging their muscles by going through a range of motion and and uh not only going through an entire range of motion but also uh you know staying connected to that weight the entire time Mm -hmm. and and keeping themselves under tension they actually become like a professional at that so I think that might be a good place to start here today is maybe talking a little bit about like some time under tension and uh, and Seema maybe sharing some techniques that you utilize when you're um, hitting the gym. Because I, 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 when, when I watch you train, it's like you're always sticking to the basics. I see like pull-ups and if you're doing like a isolation exercise or doing like a curl or something like that, you're usually going pretty heavy. You're usually doing like hammer curls. Um, the list of things I've seen you do is like I've seen you bench squat, deadlift, bent over row, overhead press, pull-ups, curls. I haven't really seen you like I, I've actually never seen you do like a cable crossover. I've never seen you do like and I'm sure you've done those things. But, you know, what has been effective for you? Because you're pretty damn big. Um, I'd say the big thing is first off, keeping it simple. So obviously my training right now, especially since I've been focusing more on jujitsu, I don't train with as much volume as I did in the past. Um, but when I look at, and when I, when I see the people that come and work with me, uh, and I look at the perspective of themselves, a lot of them 
are strength athletes. Like they've been focusing on trying to get stronger, which is great. Um, and even a lot of them who've tried to get bigger over time, when I ask them to send me their training cycles that they've been doing, uh, when I see it, it's not that much volume. Uh, one thing I notice is that like when you mentioned Kai green and a lot of these bodybuilders that they have a base of strength, right? They're still typically not as strong as like your top level powerlifter. That's even lighter than they are and has less muscle than they do. Uh, what it seems and, and what tends to happen is that when you're an individual who's focusing on gaining strength, gaining strength is so fun and it's so addictive and lifting heavy weights is just, just so exciting that you get so wrapped into that, that what happens is that a majority of your training sessions are so focused on going heavy on your bench or doing a lot of deadlift volume or a lot of squat volume that after you do those movements, you're just too damn tired to do anything really in terms of pushing, you know, accessory work, like your cable crossovers, like your hamstring curls, like your leg presses and lunges. You're just too tired to do it. So you'll end up doing a few of those movements for a very short period of time and then leaving the gym. And that's what all your training sessions turn into. Um, but when a lifter backs off of that a little bit, so you can still do those movements, but you're not beating yourself up as much. You're going very moderate. You might finish your squat session and be like, oh, I can do so much more, but now you have energy to go do leg presses, lunging, Bulgarian split squats, uh, hamstring curls, uh, GHRs. You have that much energy to do all those movements. You're going to first off gain a lot more muscle over time because you'll get more training volume into those small muscle groups. Um, but also what tends to happen too, is you might even gain strength faster because you're not beating yourself as much underneath your compound movements. So it's almost like if you want to gain muscle, a good amount of muscle, while also gaining strength, you kind of want to become a jack of all trades. And like when you look at bodybuilders, they, uh, they, they tend to be pretty big and pretty strong. They're like the jack of all trades. And the powerlifter individual is like the master of strength. But they, I mean, you'll see jack powerlifters at mm -hmm. the top, but a lot of powerlifters you'll see... They don't look like bodybuilders. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the central nervous system. You know, when you're powerlifting, you're trying to enhance the central nervous system. You're trying to give your body a message that we're going to be explosive and we're going to be strong. We're trying to prime the central nervous system. We're not really necessarily uh, doing things that promote hypertrophy, although in some cases, depending on the person, depending on their like fiber type and all these different things, they can factor in. And that's why sometimes you'll see someone who is a collegiate wrestler who has a really jacked neck and you see another guy who just doesn't have a really jacked neck. Or sometimes you might see somebody in jujitsu who's like super lean and you might see somebody else who's been practicing the same thing for just as long and they don't have uh, nearly the same, you know, muscle definition and stuff. We're all a little bit different when it comes to building muscle and, and how our body ends up looking. Obviously, nutrition is a huge factor in the whole thing. But um, when you only power lift, you most likely um, you're going to have some ability to grow. But as Hansim is pointing out here, you're going to be good at that. You're going to be good at the thing that you spend the most time doing. And a lot of times with, with powerlifting, even people that are like, oh, yeah, I do my accessories, they're usually like they're an afterthought. You know, they're secondary, they're third, they're fourth, they're fifth. Sometimes they're, you know, just kind of tossed in there at the end of a workout. And they might not be enough 
to uh, really promote muscle growth. And also, I would say, it could also be like non-productive in a way, because I don't think it's great to do too much in one given training session. And you could be like, think about it. You could have taxed your central nervous system. You could have taxed your joints and you could have taxed, uh, um, you could have smashed your uh, muscular system as well. Like that's a lot. And the next day, you know, how are you going to recover from that? How are you going to repair from that? So maybe a better idea might be to, you know, occasionally switch things up. Maybe for a few weeks you do something. I think this is one of those things where somebody says, well, Jay Cutler does leg extensions before he squats. So that's that's what I should do. And that would just be like, well, yeah, sometimes like uh, Jay Cutler utilized that, I think, throughout his entire career. And it and it worked really well for him. But if I would imagine in SEMA, if a 15-year-old kid came up to you and said, I want really big legs, you might suggest something different. Why would you perhaps suggest something different? Instead of leg extensions before squats? Right. That'd be too fatiguing. I mean, even for right. even if we were to think about trying to do some leg extensions before, before squats, like our legs would be fried. If we're trying to go heavy, we wouldn't be able to go as heavy because so our gonna, are fried. Yeah, it's going to limit the amount of weight that you can do. So, again, these are like sometimes situations. Like that might be good to do sometimes. So you got to keep in mind, too, Jay Cutler, Ronnie Coleman, these people that we see uh, – Kai Green, and so on. These are people that are professionals. Mm -hmm. They really know what they're doing, and they've been doing it for a long time. So it, it doesn't mean that you don't do that. It doesn't mean you can't be inspired by that. It doesn't mean you can't try that. That will elicit a lot of muscle stimulation. And there's actually a huge advantage of once you have gained some strength, what a, what a wonderful thing to do before you squat if you normally need to squat 600 pounds uh, for five reps just to get any sort of, you know, uh, to, to get any sort of real stimulus. Well, then, yeah, doing a leg, uh, doing leg extensions beforehand might force you to use a little bit less weight, more reasonable weight. And now we're not beating up all aspects of the body all in one day. We're solely focusing on hypertrophy and you can get more out of using less weight. So there's a lot of different methodologies. There's a lot of different things to utilize. Yeah. Like for example, in the, in the Jay Cutler situation, the thing is Jay Cutler's probably already so strong in the squat that doing leg extensions, it's not necessary for pre fatigue, but it's to allow him to activate his quads better when he's squatting with a moderate load. Because you imagine he's not going to be squatting with a super heavy load. Well, super heavy for him after doing legs. He's still extensions. squatting five plates. He's still squatting five for plates. For 10 reps or so. <laughs> but he could do substantially more than that if he didn't do leg extensions. Right. But he's trying to get the most out of quad activation before doing that. So if you really wanted to do that for yourself, you could. It could be actually really beneficial, but you have to make sure that the load you're doing on leg extensions isn't crazy heavy. You don't do too many reps where your quads feel like they're on fire and you can't squat. You can do that, take it to the squat and get a similar response but you just got to be smart about how you do it it could be a really cool thing to do what about muscle soreness how um you know i think you've mentioned like nowadays you don't really get very sore but what was it like for you when you were younger transitioning from you know being a, a, a fairly thin soccer player to being 240 or whatever you are nowadays yeah so initially like Whenever anybody starts training, I think that we all kind of go a little bit overboard, especially when you're starting with bodybuilding. Cause I didn't start with like 
uh, I've always done bodybuilding type work since I was a kid. Um, but when that became my only focus and I wasn't able to play soccer anymore, I just went, I just went ham with a lot of volume. Um, and every session, I kind and then of maybe even down. just stopping soccer probably helped with growth as well. It helped. Yeah. It helped with recovery, helped with the growth. Cause I wasn't running around and doing cardio all day long. Um, but it, I think what every lifter and what I had to figure out for myself was how can I get done with this session, have a, had a good workout progress, but be able to come in and progress on something else the next day. That's the big thing. Um, I, I had to learn how to stop leaving every session feeling like absolute dog, dog shit. <laughs> so I could come in and, and get another training session. in. And I think that's also where, um, spreading out your training volume becomes really important because, uh, it was only when I was really younger that I did like the typical bro type split and there's nothing wrong with it, but the bro splits like, you know, uh, chest, back legs, you just pretty much do every body part once a week. Uh, but as we've talked about multiple times on this show, you should be able to maybe hit each body part. If you have the time and your schedule twice a week. So what that allowed me to do was to get in more training, but I also had to limit, like, for example, if I was doing an upper day, um, I had to do enough volume so that next day I could do lower. And then the next day I could do a push, but not be so fatigued for my first upper day that I can't progress on that push day. So it's figuring out how you can spread out your training volume throughout the week. So you can hit your muscle groups multiple times. I think that's one of the things that helped me to grow even more as I progressed. Um, hitting each body part as much as I could. Once it's recovered, hit it again. Once it's recovered, hit it again. But again, not doing too much on one day, that it would take too long for it to recover so that I could hit it again. What if you are sore? Do you skip that day or do you just say, like, oh, I should probably wait an extra day? Say, say your quads are crazy, so like really sore from the last training session. Do you go in and hit them again because it's just time to hit them again? Or do you kind of pass on that? If that's the day where I need to hit quads, um, you, I mean, it's two options. You could either wait till another day or just go lighter on that day. Right. My usual decision is just to go a little bit lighter on that day. Um, so not push it as much, maybe just back off of the load that I'm going to use, still get some type of stimulus in, but use it as a session to allow for some recovery. Cause you know that if you, if you do feel sore, it is sometimes beneficial to go in and get some blood in there. Oh, absolutely. Even though, you know, even though you're tired, but not like look to hit any PRs, not look to do anything crazy. You just get blood in the muscle group and get it moving and it'll help you actually recover a little bit faster. So I typically don't skip unless I'm feeling like I didn't get enough sleep. It's not going to be a good training session. It's not going to be productive. If you know you're not going to be productive, then it's probably a good idea to do something else. I think uh, just a really simple thing people can do. Like if you have a body part that you want to bring up, you got to, you know, you're just like, man, I got skinny legs or I got, you know, a puny biceps or whatever it is. You can put, you can prioritize those things. You can maybe, um, you know, put those in the front of the week. You know, like whenever your week starts for you, you can put that in the front of your week. So you can do that, you know, on Monday and you can make sure that you hit that hard again on, you know, maybe Thursday or something like that. You can also put a priority towards doing things in the beginning of a workout or trying to have a, um, you know, like let's just say somebody wanted to get bigger arms. You know, that's we hear that all the time, right? If you want to get bigger arms and you're not currently training heavy, 
I would suggest that you go heavier. If you're somebody who's already going heavy and your arms mm. still don't seem to be growing, mm. I would suggest just moving into a little bit more bodybuilding stuff and, and play around with that and see see how that helps. But there's a lot of different ways to go about doing this stuff. The way that I work out nowadays is almost the complete opposite of the way I used to work out. I do a lot of isolation stuff first because I don't really care to, to have the heavy weights in my hands. Like bench press might be the last thing I do. Deadlift might be the last thing I do. Squats might be second or third, kind of depending on you know how I feel. But it, it, it acts as a good warm-up if I'm doing – if I don't want it to take away from the squat, but I still want to get some good uh, leg activation, I might do um, you know a couple sets of glute ham raises or a couple sets of uh, – uh, leg curls or something like that and then I, I get a little bit of work done I get some good muscle stimulation going in, in the hamstrings and then I move on to the squat um, but you know it just depends on like where you're at in your like lifting career there's a lot of different it's kind of neat because there's a lot of different ways to do it I would say most most people that that have you know like a massive like body part like huge huge biceps or huge shoulders or huge legs almost almost always almost in all cases it's like they quote unquote overtrained they did a lot of training for a lot of years and maybe made some mistakes along the way and then they learn that maybe they didn't need to go quite as crazy but a lot of times when you see somebody with uh, with good leg development they're like oh yeah it was a soccer like your legs are huge huge like oh yeah i was a soccer player it's like okay well that, <laughs> that makes sense mm. you were running around a lot so your legs are and then as you got into strength training uh the the cool thing about having like a sports background is your ability to recover uh from not only like session to session but from set to set and from rep to rep which is which is why we encourage people to work on some gpp type of stuff or some sort of cardiovascular training so that you can uh recover from workouts some of the bodybuilders i've uh worked out with most of them a lot of them are like professionals and their work capacity is unbelievable like you would i mean they're they're they are they're able to get through a lot of work in a condensed period of time where you're like whoa okay this is what it's like this is how these guys train it's 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 not it's not three sets of 10 you know and it's not you're not there just kind of chilling and flexing in the mirror it's it's a lot of hard ass work is what it is mm-hmm so we just opened up the fan line. So I see some questions that are happening right now in the uh, the chat room. Um, now is an opportunity to actually go ahead and ask these questions. Uh, the number is 206-737-7369. But while we wait for those que- or the, uh, the fan lines to get full, I actually had a question for you guys. Um, you know, like I had told you guys in the past, like, well, I told you that I couldn't get abs. And then you're like, no, you're a different person now and everybody can get them. Um, I was super skinny, was skinny fat. Turns out I had a lot more body fat than we all kind of assumed. But can somebody go from being like a more skinny type person to just saying, okay, I'm going to just go ahead and start adding muscle. Like that's, that's the goal. But can they do that without like getting, going through the fat stage? Like can a lean person remain lean but still just start developing more muscle to look jacked because i feel like for me i did have to go through the uh like the the long period of trying to add as much muscle as i could regardless of what like i look like you know my my body composition was still like kind of 
you know, skinny fat, but I actually started developing some size. And I feel like I needed to do that in order to be able to shred down to actually show something. Whereas before I would have just showed, you know, skeleton. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Go for it. How, it just depends on how patient you are, mm. how patient a person is, because uh, it, it's, it's hard, especially like, cause I, when I was a teenager, I was watching YouTube videos on getting bigger. Right. And you always see like how you got to go on a dreamer bulk, just like eat and train and eat and train. <laughs> um, and it's really hard not to go on that route. I think anybody can get bigger without putting on a crazy amount of body fat. But the thing is when any guy or woman, if she, if any woman man or woman wants to get bigger, it's really hard to be patient with yourself um, to not just see the scale go up because, I mean, let's be real. When we're getting bigger, we're not just, you know, just training. We're also looking at the scale. Like if you start off at 160, you're really keen on seeing 185 as soon as possible. You're really keen on seeing that two in front of two zeros mm -hmm. as soon as possible. So it's rare that you're going to see someone take the time to get stronger because the, the, the biggest thing I think actually not, not just getting stronger through the compounds, compound movements like squat, bench, deadlift, but getting stronger with all the movements you're doing in the gym, your bicep curls, your dumbbell, chest press, all those things. If you're getting stronger with those movements over time and you're like eating to gain, to gain, to gain size, you're not eating an excessive amount of food, but a good amount of food, you'll get bigger without gaining a crazy amount of body fat. But the thing is everyone wants speed. So to answer your question, it's possible, but it's not generally as fun for most people. Right. A lot of, a lot of, you know, bodybuilders, they, and the reason why we're going to reference bodybuilders a lot is that no one does it better than bodybuilders in terms of gaining muscle mass. They have, they have acquired the most amount of muscle mass with the least amount of body fat. And we get questions all the time. Can I gain muscle and lose fat at the same time? And, the answer is, yeah, you, you, can, you can do that, but it's a really long road. Um, there's also the, the other option, which is steroids, right? <laughs> they can help get you there faster because it can kind of amplify everything. It puts mm -hmm. you in an anabolic state and makes everything, uh, makes everything easier. But, you know, for the sake of this podcast, let's just assume that you're not going there. We're not encouraging anybody to do that. Mm -hmm. What we're encouraging people to do is to, you know, work, work through the process and figure out a way to get it done, you know, the best way that you can. And what I, th what I think is that when it comes to, you know, looking at bodybuilders and dissecting how they've done it over the years, um, it kind of just comes back to some very common principles over and over again, um, where they have a certain amount of time under tension per each set. They are normally in a, I would say, it could be anywhere from like an eight to 12 rep range, but obviously they do use lower reps from occasion and higher and higher, sometimes 15, sometimes 20. They do. They just do a tremendous amount of work and they just kind of blitz the muscle. And over a long period of time, they learn, you know, exactly how that's supposed to feel. And it takes, it takes, it takes a long time. It takes years. But with your question specifically about, you know, um, I think it depends a lot on how lean somebody is to begin with and what their metabolism is like. Mm -hmm. um, from our experiences together, you don't seem you you haven't seemed like you're that interested in food, like you're not crazy about food. Correct. Like, yeah. like you eat, but you're not like nutty about food. If you were nutty about food and you were still really thin, 
then I think that that's the ultimate, that's like the crescendo of like uh, finding someone who's going to be, who's probably going to potentially be a great bodybuilder, mm-hmm. like just, just without, without as much effort as the next guy, because they have a quick metabolism already. And as they start to eat like a bodybuilder, uh, a lot of that is just going to go towards supporting more muscle mass. A lot of guys are, I mean, you ever see a picture of like someone like a Bradley Martin? You know, Bradley's huge. He's got, mm-hmm. I mean, his arms look like they're like 20 inches or something nowadays. You know, he he looks great. Or even just like the transformation that Tom made. He was able to make a transformation super quick. Tom is, you know, by by nature, I mean, if we were to have a picture of Tom in eighth grade, he's like r- probably rail thin. He's mm-hmm. probably super, super skinny. So I think that for bodybuilding purposes that is the greatest uh an ectomorph is is a really good is a, is a re- really good uh really good place to start cool you guys ready to take a call mm. we're ready all right let's see what we get hello hello oh that's a good hello? echo what's going on man Hey, is this Andrew? This is Andrew. You are currently on Mark Bell's Power Project Woo-hoo! call-in show. Yo. Oh, shit. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, uh, that's all good. What's your name? <laughs> um, Where are you calling sorry, from? I'm a little out of breath, man. I'm in the middle of my workout right now. Attaboy. Um, yeah, so honestly, first off, I, I just got to say thank you to you guys for everything that you do. Uh, I've been listening for about a year, and I feel like I've learned more from your show than I've learned anywhere else. And awesome. so I just, I got to say thank you first and foremost. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, man. I thank appreciate you. that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you guys are amazing. So I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, Cause I know you probably got a lot of people trying to call in. Um, so I, I recently decided that I was going to do a, uh, a physique show. You know, I've been working out for a long time, but I've never really done anything with it. Um, but I've worked so hard to gain strength and, you know, just feel stronger and everything else that goes with it. And so, Mark, I know that you, uh, you know, you obviously work for a long time on strength more than anything else. So how did, how did you abandon that ego, you know, to just be strong in order to build muscle, in order to, to change your direction and, uh, you know, be productive with, with your new goal of bodybuilding and everything else? Yeah, I find that this is really hard for people to do. It's it's very difficult for people to shift gears away from something that they feel is them. Um, but as much as I love powerlifting, um, I just always felt like I'm I'm not just a powerlifter. That I have a lot of other things um, that I do. Powerlifting is it, it was something that I did. You know, it, it it doesn't really define who I am. I'm I'm a dad, I'm a husband. You know, those things to me are uh, are more are of more importance. So when it came time to shift gears and it came time when it came time to move away from that, it wasn't that hard. I mean, I still like to lift heavy weights. I still like to slap some plates on the on the bar and, and load it up here and there. But I just I was just done. You know, I I did it for thirty years and um, I I did it. I also, I guess, you know, something that's, um, that I can feel good about is I feel like I just, I feel like I maxed it out. You know, I feel like I did it to the best of my ability. I don't think looking back at it, I could probably nitpick it a little bit and say like, oh, I think there's a couple of things I could have maybe done a little bit better, especially just because now I have more knowledge, but I really just, 
I gave it my all, you know, I put everything I had into it. And so it just felt for me, it felt like it was time to shift gears for other people that maybe are newer that are trying just to shift away from it, maybe because they just don't like it as much anymore or they're un- uninterested or maybe they got injured or whatever. Um, I would say that, you know, just just follow what you're most interested in. You know, don't worry about, you know, thinking that you, you know, you deadlifted 500 pounds and don't think that that has anything to do with who you are. Mm-hmm. That's just something that you did. It's an accomplishment that you did and you should be proud of it. But there's really not a lot of great reasons. And I've had other um top-level powerlifters tell me this. The only time to be as strong as possible is for a powerlifting meet. <laughs> that's the only time that mattered. That's what it, that's what it means to be a powerlifter. Uh, otherwise, if it's if it's if you're not in season to like hit a certain lift, or you just no longer care about it. <laughs> then don't care about it and uh you know move on and move move into something else and put everything that you have into that like if the goal is now to be lean don't even, don't look in the rearview mirror just keep looking ahead of of what you uh what you can do today to to make the right steps towards that awesome um just i uh, i'm sorry one more quick question so when you switched over to bodybuilding did you kind of did you abandon uh the compound lifts for the most part and start uh, honing in the different muscles or are you still keeping those as a part of your routine? I think bodybuilding is, uh, you know, has a lot to do with your nutrition. That was the biggest change. I think, you know, there's a lot of bodybuilders that squat bench and deadlift or use variations of them. Uh, maybe even through like, you know, some machines and, and things like that. But yeah, squat bench and deadlift, uh, was still part of it. It was just more like uh, it was more of a change in in nutrition than it was uh, anything else. Small changes to the workout, just like less rest and stuff like that. But those are all techniques and those are all things I've been utilizing even when I was a powerlifter. Also, let me tell you this real quick, man. As you're getting ready to gear up for a show, um, you want to remember that you're trying to hold on to as much muscle as possible. What tends to happen when an individual starts thinking about doing a show is they're like, okay, I'm going to drop as much body fat as possible. Most people start, you know, I'll do a lot of high reps, uh, low weight. They drop strength in terms of their compounds and they'll stop doing their compounds altogether. The thing is, it's that it's inevitable that you're going to lose strength during your prep. You're going to be losing quite a bit of weight, quite a bit of fat, but you want to keep as much stimulus as possible to all of those muscle groups. So in your case, should you drop your compound movements? No, probably not. But what you should do is you should focus on um, still doing those movements and getting in enough stimulus. So instead of going to 90% in a training session, maybe you go to 70 or 75% and then you do all the rest of your movements. But your goal is to, if you can try to slowly hold on to strength and as you're getting weaker, just train right there where like close to where your edge is, you're going to be stimulating enough muscle that you're holding on to as much as much muscle as you can as you're dropping body fat. But if you were to stop doing strength altogether or stop training for strength altogether um, and you lowered your training volume and things got a lot easier, you're going to be losing a lot of muscle as you're losing body fat and you're not going to be as big by the time you hit the stage. So keep that in mind. Awesome guys. I, I appreciate the info again. Like you guys are, you're great and you deserve all the recognition that you guys get. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. You too, guys. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you.
That was awesome. He's getting his workout in too. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah, mid workout. Yeah. You know, people uh that are, you know, uh gonna call in, you know, keep in mind that uh, you know, when you're when we do pick up that you're on you're on the air. We don't have a screening. <laughs> we don't have a way to screen you uh at the moment with the mm-hmm. technology that we we're using uh here today. Also keep in mind that in SEMA <gasps> Whoa. Ooh. Ooh, oh yeah, a blowout over there. Also keep in mind that Ensema has done a lot of bodybuilding. And he's competed mm-hmm. in, in powerlifting as well. How many shows did you do in bodybuilding? Uh, about six or seven. Yeah, that's pretty wow. good. Wow. Yeah, so that's a pretty seven. good amount. I did one. I did one show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did one photo shoot. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's see who we got next. <phone rings> Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Ah, uh, this is Aaron from Oklahoma. Aaron, what's going down, man? Oh, well, I just wanted to call in and uh, just say thank you guys for, you know, all you do between, between you guys and, and Stan Efferding and Matt winning, you know, I've learned a lot awesome, man. Uh, just about self-development and, and getting big and getting strong. So cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. You got any questions yeah, for the crew? So, uh, yeah. So my question, you know, I, I work full time and I eat right and I've gotten a uh, real consistent and and I have a very good split that works for my schedule. It's four days a week. Um, I've run into some problems with programming in the sense that, you know, I try to do kind of a heavy day one week and then a kind of a speed day, kind of the conjugate style the next week. But I'm having a hard time figuring out how to kind of work in some kind of uh, periodization and progression with with that kind of system and my split and i'm not really working towards a peak or a meet i want to do something sustainable um, but what could you guys suggest that i do to kind of keep things keep keep breaking prs but also not kill my shoulders well it kind of sounds like you're you're maybe mixing some programs together and um yeah it might be wise to for for a period of time just to try to you know to stick more to one concept and and work on that for a little bit and see where it takes you because like if you're doing conjugate stuff and you're you're utilizing some speed training and some max effort work um it's a specific program that kind of needs to be done a specific way and if you're going to utilize periodization like the west side barbell method um it's not a great method to utilize along with periodization, like uh, trying to consistently do a regular bench, a regular squat, and a regular deadlift. The program is based around the idea of uh, doing alternate exercises uh, while still improving uh, strength in some maybe areas where you're weak so that when you go back to the main movement that you are stronger for that movement. So. I, I would just consider, you know, really trying to to follow along with with one style and and one way of programming because in the West Side method, they're really they really don't uh, use periodization. Okay, well, yeah, that helps a lot. Where some of your thoughts? I've even looked at you know starting strength or you know five three one to kind of just just do some kind of linear periodization just to see if you know that would help you know break through some. PRs, uh, where maybe the speed training is kind of holding me back a little bit or something, you know, so. I don't think that, I don't know what your program looks like, but th- there's nothing wrong with speed training. 
Um, you said you had a good split yeah. setup. You said it's. I can tell you, it's, you know, Monday is left bicep, Tuesday's right bicep, Wednesday's left bicep, <laughs> and I just keep doing switching off. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but no, what? It's, I, I get a full body and it's, you know, I hit each body part twice, um, twice in a week. And I, they still have, you know, three days in between to recover. But I'm just trying to uh, keep getting stronger, you know. I would say like, so So just normally, just so you understand programming in general, a really great way to look at it is that you always want to prepare yourself for like whatever it is that you're about to do next. What you're about to do next uh, has to align well with a particular goal. Uh, a particular destination, something that you're trying to get to. So having a particular goal would be a good place to start. And then you maybe work your way uh, backwards into like, how am I going to get to this goal? And if you think about like where you're going to start, um, you may have to, you know, bring up some conditioning. You may have to start with some reps and some sets and some, uh, you know, kind of higher volume. You hear a lot of athletes use those terms. Use use some higher volume and then move yourself through higher intensities. And then you should be able to, you know, be lined up with your goal. If you don't know what any of that means, <laughs> then, then that can be uh, a little bit difficult. Well, but in short, it just means you're going to do more reps and more sets in the beginning. And as you get closer to your goal... You're going to lower the reps. You're going to lower the sets. The intensity of the workouts, the weight that you use in the workouts is going to increase. So why don't you just maybe tell us what exactly is your goal, and then we can kind of help you work towards that. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not really preparing for any meets, um, but I, I do want to continue getting stronger as efficiently as I can without, you know, being, you know, overly obsessed with, with the little minute details. Um, I kind of like the idea of, um, I guess like Ed Cohn, you know, would do like three months power training and then three months hypertrophy and, um, kind of switching off that way. Just remember, you know, you can't hit a target that you can't see. So we need a target. Like what, right. what would you like to do? You want to bench 315? Guess, you want to deadlift 500 pounds? Yeah. So I guess I could do like every three months, I could aim for 110% of my last PR, you know? Just trying to hit some PRs. Okay. Yeah, um, basically just keep getting keep getting stronger. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, what? Okay, so you said you have two full body days during the week. What are the other two days? Well, so I I, I do a on Mondays I'll do like back and deadlifts. I mix those two days so I get some legs and back. And then Tuesday I'll do like tricep and shoulder. And then I take a break Wednesday, Thursday would be squats and accessories. And then Friday would be the like, when you say accessories, you mean leg accessories and triceps. So I kind of get legs twice a week and I kind of get upper bodies and, and push pull twice a week. Um, and it, and it works really well with my schedule. Uh, but I want to try and figure out a way that I can, I like the split, but I need to be, I guess, ca- keeping track of my sets and reps and weights a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's one thing, keeping track of the sets, reps, and weights better. Um, you said that on one week you do power training or you go heavier, and then the other week you do speed training. So let me ask you this. When you say you go heavier, are you going heavy on all those movements, deadlifts, bench, and squat on one week? Not so. Well, n- yes. 
And that, that's also becomes an issue because by the time Friday rolls around, you know, I'm kind of worn out from the other days. Okay. Um, so I think a, a really good idea. Is so it's, I'll go, you know, I'll go 85, 90% on the, on the, the heavy lifts, but then the accessories I'll do, you know, I'll aim for 12 to 15 reps sometimes, you know, just to mm-hmm. get a bunch of blood flow and volume. Okay. So a good idea to, to, to try is this. Okay. So right now you have your speed work set on, let's say week one is those heavy days, 85 to 90%. And then week two is all your speed work for all these movements. Instead of doing that, how about on week one, right? You, you kind of mix in your speed days and your power days each week. Okay, so you have your day one where you have your deadlifts. Instead of on your first week having that be a power day, have your deadlift day one be a speed day. Okay, your next day, you said you do triceps and shoulders, which is just accessory work. And then your, your squat day on that same week, instead of having that be also a speed day, that'll be your power day. Okay, and then your bench mm-hmm. session at the end of the week, you can do that as either a power or speed day, whatever you want. But the next week... Yep. The, the week one, you did deadlifts to speed. The next week, do deadlifts as power. Because what's going to happen now is your first week, you did deadlifts to speed. That's not going to fatigue you so much that when your squat day comes in the same week, you'll be able to hit a good training session and it's heavy. But now the next week, you'll instead do instead of deadlift speed, it'll be deadlift power. Instead of squat power, it'll be squat speed which will allow you to recover for whatever bench mm-hmm. session you have at the end of the week. And what this is going to do is it's going to help you be able to recover better from session to session. Because if you're doing really tough power days, deadlift, squat, uh, and bench on the same week, you're going to be so fatigued from that week. And then you're, like, your next week is going to be just speed. But you're never going to get that much out of each of your power weeks. Now, if you, you, right. know, you, if you mix it up a little bit and have deadlift speed week one deadlift power week two deadlift speed week three deadlift power week four and then the same thing for your squats squat power week one squat speed week two squat power week three squat speed week four you'll be able to recover from session to session a little bit better and you'll probably be able to gain strength for a longer period of time but it seems like right now you're messing yourself up for one week recovering on a week messing yourself up again on another week and not being that productive with all the time you're spending in the gym that's something you could try out right yeah, and what this leans you towards well, more, yeah. this leans you more towards a Westside Barbell program. Um, and also keep in mind one way that Westside Barbell gets away with lifting the way that they do is that they just don't do a ton of deadlifts from the floor. And uh, when they say they don't do a ton of deadlifts from the floor, I guess that the only thing that that, that excludes is speed work. So most of their most of their deadlifting that they do, that's uh, like strenuous is just is is uh the speed work that's from the floor but all the other stuff is like you know deadlifting out of a rack or deadlifting um you know doing like a reverse band deadlift like variations uh Mm -hmm. of a deadlift all the way to the point where it might not even be a particular deadlift it might just be an exercise that can assist with the deadlift like every three weeks or every four weeks or so uh louis would just tell people just not to deadlift at all just to take off from it completely because the deadlift is a weird animal. You know, Um, you can build up a work capacity for it and you can train it frequently like any other lift and you can get better at it, but you can also train your deadlift through just train, just blasting your core and blasting your hamstrings and your quads and, Mm -hmm. and squatting and things of that nature that that, that will all be supportive towards uh, increasing that deadlift. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, anyway, so try what that, what try I've that gathered stuff here out. is I need to mix up 
you know, in the same week, do some heavy and some speed stuff on those same muscle groups. Yep. And then I need to finally bite the bullet and keep a good log of uh, sets and reps and weight and be that nerd with the notebook in the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would help me a little bit. Yeah, and you don't have to keep track of everything. Uh, but the more that you keep mm-hmm. track of, the you know, probably the better. But, you know, just keep track of the main stuff. Keep track of the stuff that you really want to improve on. Uh, otherwise, you might yep. just be like writing stuff down just for writing stuff down sake. And, and on top of writing things down, one of the uh, main things with journaling, and this is like something that people don't do enough of, you want to be able to reference that journal often. You want to be able to go back. So make sure when you are writing it down that it's stuff that you're going to understand. Um, maybe even like, you know, when something works well and feels good, put a little smiley face next to it or put a little star next to it or something just so you know. You're like, yeah, that workout was great. And a lot of times when a workout is mm-hmm. great, you can run it again. You can run the same play. You can do it again. So, you know, don't think that it always has to be like so switched up or you got to, you know, confuse the muscles and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, man, thanks. Thank you for uh, for calling in. We really appreciate you uh, being a fan and being a listener. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for your time. And I just got the gangster wrist wraps, and they helped a lot. So awesome, awesome, man! Thank you so much. All right. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I hate doing that. that I wanted happens. to point out, um, you know, there's some people that you can follow too uh, that have great information, and uh, one of them would be, I think, one of the somebody I know that's like one of the best at kind of toggling back and forth between some bodybuilding and some powerlifting is Nick Wright. That guy gets in some damn good yeah, shape, yeah, and he and he's strong. He came here and he squatted six hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a strong guy, and when he came here and squatted six hundred pounds, he looked good. His arms were big, his quads were big, but like he wasn't lean. And then, like a month later, he throws up some pictures. I'm like, oh, these are probably old pictures, and I, I was wrong. They were pictures from now times. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, like he just switched. You know, he he switches it up a lot, um, and he's somebody that. I think he's over dieted before and got himself really weak, and I think he's over trained before. So he he's got a good uh, he's got a good grasp on it. You know, I think um, definitely. A, I'll say this: if you're someone who you want to get strong and you want to get big, but like this guy was saying, you're not really aiming for meat, right? Or maybe you're not really heading for a bodybuilding show. Uh, what tends like w- what I'm hearing a lot is like a lot of those people, they still go really heavy, really often, right? It's almost like they're trying to train for a meet. Mm. If you want to get big and you want to get strong and you're not heading for a competition, back off of the percentages of your, of your compound movements. Um, Yeah. Is there really a reason for it? You know, is there? Yeah. Because now you're taking away from the amount of size you can gain, but you can still train decently heavy and still get a lot of good accessory volume. in, so that it'll help you, it can help you get bigger and that allow you to be more productive, but you got to kind of, it takes it takes a lot to stop lifting crazy heavy all the time. Cool, you know. When's the last time you? I mean, you uh, you did a you went for a heavy deadlift in here um, <clears throat> three four months ago. Yeah, and but like I haven't seen you try anything all that heavy aside from that mm-hmm. in, in a long time in like a year. No, I haven't lifted like that. Uh, I mean, a few months before that, I probably did something around six something, but I haven't done anything within like six or five since then. Right. So like, yeah. 
And then in terms of like uh, when you do your assistance exercises, how are you treating those? Are you trying to go like heavy on them or is it more like I'm going to go by feel? I'm going to do some pull-ups today and yeah, it'd be cool to, you know, hang some weights around my waist, but I'm not, we'll just see where it goes. For me personally, I'll do one top heavy set and then the rest of the sets will probably be something that's doing a little bit of tempo or adding something like that in so that I can get a lot out of using lighter weights. So for example, with like a dumbbell chest press, I'll maybe go up to a heavy set of six and then come back and do really slow tempo work. Right. Um, so I can get, again, get a lot out of I using I love that kind weights. of stuff too. Cause yeah, earlier in the workout, you're going to be stronger early mm-hmm. in the workout. You're going to feel better. So once you're warmed up, once you're kind of ready to go and you got your body ready to go, that's when you can hit that, you know, 500 pound deadlift for a set of three. And then you could do some back off sets with, you know, 365 or 405 to help build up the hamstrings and glutes, stuff like that. Are you guys ready for another call? Sure thing. Let's go. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? I'm in PA. Oh, no. Cameron. Rough connection. What was your name? Cameron Mousley. All right, man, what you got? Let's see if this works out. Hold on. <laughs> all right, I just, I just wanted to tell you that uh, I had a freaking awesome amount of followers that you guys last year. And uh, I was, like, really interested in what you guys, you know, are all about. I like how you're all, like, about, you know, kind of, like, getting into, like, the whole freaking fitness thing and, like, you know, getting jacked and stuff like that. The jacked and tan thing. That's so freaking cool. And, Mark, you know, with, with the freaking you know, powerlifting background. That's so freaking cool. Like me, like I'm not, I'm not like necessarily a, a, uh, powerlifter or bodybuilder. Like I started getting into lifting when I was like 15 and stuff like that. Like, cause I'm a swimmer and I figured, you know, I'd get ahead of, uh, the competition by starting to lift and stuff like that. And, uh, I gotta say like, it, it really improved me. Like I got uh first at our conference, like, last year and uh the year before that and like i'm going into my senior year now of college and uh you know it's it's freaking awesome but like you know i I really enjoy your guys podcast so much and i just want to call and just you know tell you guys how much i appreciate it you know what i mean i sometimes i go in the dms and mark and sema and like you know i uh freaking just you know feel more connected to you guys than i do with a lot of other like fitness channels and i just wanted to say thank you guys because it's freaking awesome. And, uh, I really appreciate you doing everything you guys do. Cause I've learned so much and I know a lot of my friends have and stuff like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just freaking awesome. And I just want to say thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. Cameron and congrats on that, uh, that conference win, dude. You're awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. I, yeah, I freaking I just, um, yeah, man, it's freaking awesome. But uh, you guys are so cool. I just wanted to know, like, when you guys are like lifting and stuff like that. And like, I know you guys kind of talk about it every now and then on the podcast and stuff like that. Like when you guys like, um, lose motivation sometimes and get back into it and just kind of like will yourself. And like, I freaking love that shit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome. But like, what do you guys like do to like keep yourselves motivated? Cause like, I know it can be hard, especially during the quarantine and stuff like that. Like I'm over here in PA and like, I came back like in the middle of my semester and, uh, you know, it was rough cause like, I don't have my gym open. I'm working out at home. I'm like riding a bike like every day, um, doing pull-ups, push-ups, trying to keep it like, you know, simple, but like effective. 
but it's so hard because it's like, you know, I don't really have weights to expose. Like now I'm starting to go to my uncle's to work out because he's got a weight set. But like, I just want to know what do you guys, what did you guys do to just keep yourselves going? You know what I mean? You do exactly what you just said. You find a way. You said you went to your uncle's house and lifted some weights in his garage. Like, that's what it's all about right there. And, um, you know, when it comes to motivation, I think that people are looking for, uh, like, they're looking for something external to try to motivate them. They're, like, waiting they're, they're like waiting for something to hit them um, and or they're also just like forcing themselves to do things. And uh, what I've learned is that I don't have to force myself to do stuff. Uh, there's really no there's no reason for me to force myself to do stuff. If I'm just interested enough, I'll just do it. And so I try to I try to just lean into like whatever whatever I feel like doing. Like if I feel like only walking for the day, I'll just walk. If I feel good enough to run, I'll run. If I want to go lift, I'll lift. And I've been trying to do that with, with, with everything, but then also like within reason because you could fall off and you could say, oh, well, I feel like having ice cream. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can kind of yeah. slide, slide downhill. But I know, I know what's in my best interest. And so for me, What's been really helpful is to just try to attach yourself to just doing one thing. So if you're thinking about exercise and you, you're thinking about motivation for exercise, just attach yourself to that principle and that idea of like, hey, you know what? I just I'm supposed to do one thing every day because I know that when I do one thing of exercise every single day, that it's good for my body, mind and spirit. It's not just good for your looks. It's not just good for uh, being strong. It's good for it's it's in your best interest to do so. And it can help with your mental health and help with everything else. And motivation, motivation builds motivation. You know, once you start heading in a direction, it's easier to continue in that direction and Seema how's it work out for you buddy well for me at this point I whenever I find it hard to work out eh, actually you know what I think the big thing for most people is just doing it long enough where it doesn't become an arduous experience Um, because when I was thinking about what he just asked even during quarantine I never really found it eh, I mean it's not like I kettlebell work is different than the barbell but I still just went and I did it because it, be, it was a habit at that point. Um, it was a habit to exercise each day. And when I don't personally, for me, when I don't exercise each day now, it feels like I missed a big part of the day or something. There, there's just something not right. Like I have to do something that makes me sweat, that makes me expend a good amount of energy, or I literally just don't feel good about myself. So I think, man, that, I mean, you said you've been working out since you've been 15, you swim a lot. Um, I think just making sure that that's something that it's like brushing your teeth, just making sure that it's something you do all every day or as, as much as you can, even if it's a really, really easy workout. I think a lot of people can get something from that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think for me, it's just, it's a habit. It's one of those Yoda things, you know, you don't, you don't want to try you, you want to do, you know, try, try not is going to be, is going to be the answer. Like, how do you, if you can eliminate motivation, then you'll never have a, you'll never ever in your life have a problem again with going to the gym. I know that sounds weird, but like when you just take motivation out of it, you don't need a big speech, you know, that, that will help. Like. I don't know. I think that's so cool, man. Like, like I just saw you guys' podcast going live, and I was like, damn, I'm just going to try it. And, like, damn, that's freaking cool you guys answer. Like, I feel like that, you know, you guys are just so, like, cool because, like, 
last year, like, man, like, I was, because I would do this thing where I would kind of, like, not necessarily, like, I would, I would, like, kind of, like, cut in the summer, like, not, like, shred, but, like, try to, you know, try to get leaner, try to get the lower abs showing and shit, and, like, it was so freaking, it was hard, but I really enjoyed it. I was a little bit run down because my diet was just, it was weird, you know, I was eating good, but, like, I feel like I could have ate a little more, but, man, like, I, I started listening to his podcast and it was like freaking cool like the whole carnivore thing because like i started watching like bigger stronger faster when i was like a kid and like that's how i got introduced to you mark and your brother like it's just freaking awesome your whole family is like so cool and then like i watched your podcast and you guys have so much like personality on your podcast like don't get me wrong joe rogan is like freaking you know i guess like you could consider him like one of the best guys like on podcasts right now but like i gotta be honest like you guys are have something different and it's cool because in my opinion i think you guys are right at his level because oh. you guys are really interactive with, with it's official like, <laughs> it's official we'll take it, it. we take it <laughs> we're better than rogan <laughs> I, like, I feel like that you know i feel like fitness should be a thing that you know no matter whatever like race color you know whatever all that stuff you know you can always like be like hey you work out that's freaking cool you know and like that just starts a conversation that i feel like people just need to have nowadays you know what i mean it sucks because you know it's like you know you look in the media and it's like you know seems like we're more divided than ever and you know especially with all like the gyms closed around me it's like you know damn like because like you know it's just it, it, it the quarantine really took down that sense of community i feel like a little bit you know which i kind of get you know no one wants to get it you know what i mean at the time and then people are arguing and stuff like that if it works or you know should you wear the mask and should you and just create a little more divide and then the george floyd thing happened and that sucked, you know what I mean? That really does. And, like, you know, I just wanted to get this show running again so we can really just all, like, come over and have something common night behind. And I feel like you guys really do that. And, like, you guys have been there since, like, you know, day one of the quarantine, talking about it, you know, contesting the arguments. And it's just, like, you guys give so much information to me, and I'm sure many other fans and other listeners that you guys have. And, like, I know, you, I know, Mark, you're always worried about losing followers on Instagram. And Instagram <laughs> sometimes. And I'm just like, bro, like, you don't got to worry about that because the real ones that are going to be staying are the real ones. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need those bots or whatever the heck you need on Instagram. Because I really, you know, you guys, again, you guys are just so freaking nice, man, genuinely. You know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, it sucks because when people create, like, the divide, you know, in fitness, like the CrossFit versus bodybuilding, powerlifting versus bodybuilding and all that stuff, it's just like, why can't we just do all of it? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, we can try these things. And I feel like, you know, you shouldn't be judged for, you know, trying a certain aspect of your training that maybe isn't necessarily going to help you get aesthetically good or like athletically good, but it's going to be good for your mental health. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool to change it up a little bit and like, you know, try to like contest your ideas. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people just need to hear like, it's okay to do CrossFit. It's okay to do bodybuilding or powerlifting or, you know, whatever you want, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, you're still working out. We appreciate it, my man. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Joe Rogan status. We got it. We got it. It's official. It's officially official now. That was the board, and they just said that. Better than, <laughs> yeah. Better than Rogan. All right. I'm going to close up the lines right now. We actually had a, a interesting question from somebody overseas. They're in the UK. So right now with our, our call-in show, um, it has to be a US number and it can't be like a Google voice number or some like a burner line or something. So mm-hmm. 
maybe that's why he couldn't get in. But uh, Tom Newberry, uh, it's a really complicated Tom question, Newberry. but what he's essentially getting at, he's talking about his central nervous system. He doesn't want to overtrain, so he has light days and heavy days. And this is more of a cumulative thing. So on his light days, he'll do more reps at lighter weight, but the total weight that he lifts is more than that of on the heavy days where he does less uh, reps. Mm -hmm. So does that have a huge impact on his CNS? Like, is he close to overtraining on the light days, even though it's supposed to be his light day, he's actually still lifting more More training volume. Yeah. So is that okay? Does he need to pull back even further or is he kind of on the right path? Uh, Yeah. Your intensity is lower. So therefore you shouldn't be, really doing that much to your central nervous system your central nervous system is going to be um you know more i guess like taxed from you know getting into that 80 85 90 100 range um it's not that it doesn't get worked at all you know when you do set to 10 and set to 12 and stuff like that but uh from a bodybuilding like bodybuilding just feels different it feels way different than powerlifting 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 is really weird you feel like feel like somebody took like your soul away from you or something yeah bodybuilding is is like you kind of have a little bit of a pump all the time and you're also like sore um and powerlifting is just like i don't know you get out of the car slow you get you you just move around like an old man Mm -hmm. like you might move super fast in the gym like i remember when i was squatting like six and seven plates i could i could squat seven plates you know faster than somebody could get up off their couch Mm. you know they could try as hard as they wanted they could get up off their couch as fast as they wanted to and i was able to just boom in a blink of an eye be able to explode up with those weights but how i moved later on the rest of the day the rest of the week four five six seven days later i was fucked up (laughs) yeah man so the bodybuilding stuff and you know getting in uh more work via the higher reps um shouldn't shouldn't really have the same negative impact on your nervous system yeah so if you're only concerned about your nervous system um the the day that you're doing more training volume right where you're doing the lighter reps uh but more training volume that's not going to tax your cns much but you will be physically fatigued because you got that this is why i said bodybuilders are just the great jack, jack of all trades athletes they adapt to training with a lot of training volume like he does on those days but they also adapt to training heavy sometimes yeah. right so it doesn't hit them as hard um so i would say that's fine what you're doing but when jesse burdick was here we mentioned this and i think i want to mention it to you too you seem to have a good knowledge of training so you're probably already doing this but make sure that every four to five weeks you give yourself a one to two week deload because if you don't do that and you're continuing to train this way you'll drive yourself into just the the ground over a few weeks and you just won't be able to recover well you really you you just really won't be able to be productive um so i hope you're not missing out on that Uh, but yeah it doesn't seem bad i mean it just all all depends on how it's set up and Mm -hmm. seems sound you know we've talked so much about nutrition on this podcast you know many 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 times but it's important that we just mention briefly that you know it's important that you're fueling yourself enough you know especially when you're trying to gain muscle mass 
we talk a lot about sleep. You know, you're going to have to adopt some good sleep hygiene if you care. And especially if you want to try to lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time, which is the kind of the unicorn of, uh, of fitness. It's not, it's not an easy thing to acquire. You know, you want to try to make sure you get proper sleep, make sure you're getting nutrition in. Um, just in short, you know, maybe start out with a gram per pound of body weight in terms of your protein. You can kind of pick carbohydrates or you can pick fat as your fuel source. You could even cut it down the middle and and split up some of your calories between the two of them protein is not much of an energy source but it is a rebuilding uh, resource for your body um, I would just say maybe start out with about a gram per pound of body weight of carbohydrates and maybe go about half of that or so with uh, with fats and that should be a decent starting point you can you can kind of move those things around you know so if you weighed 200 pounds you might have about 100 grams of fat it would probably be it might be best for, if it was a little bit lower than that mm-hmm. um, but you know 100 would be the top end about 200 grams of protein and about 200 grams of uh, carbohydrates if you wanted to you could scale the protein up a little bit and back the fat down uh, that, that would probably you know land you like in a perfect spot where you would be able to uh, gain muscle lose fat same time you might have to implement some cardio just to get a little extra activity the 10 minute walks or you might need something um a little bit more regimented than that um but you know in our experience you you can do those things at the same time it's just it just take is a longer route it's like we're talking about you know months over weeks you know like it might be it might be like in six months from now you might be able to lose a couple pounds of body fat and you might be able to gain uh, you know a pound or two of muscle if you're a newer lifter Mm -hmm. um but in in a lot of in a lot of cases i think people are thinking that they're gonna like uh lose 20 pounds and put on like three to five pounds of muscle and that's going to be harder that would again that can be done but that's now we're talking about uh let's be more realistic that you can do that in a year Mm -hmm. or you can do that in like eight months or something like that Mm -hmm. um and sema has some good practices that he utilizes with his clients to help them track um you know not not just He's getting his, ga- gathering as much information as he can to make sure that these people are really making progress on the diet. It's not, you know, he's not just, you know, using fat calipers that he's cheating with each time to tell his clients that, oh, you were, you know, you were 25%, now you're eight, you know. Uh, he has them, you know, taking measurements, weighing themselves. So I'll turn it over to him to, to mention some of these things. Yeah. So a lot of people ask me about like, tracking body fat and it's really inconsistent in terms of tracking body fat first off like i can't track these people they live all over the place but the best things that i think an individual can do for themselves is i think number one is actually taking measurements and it's free it's free free (laughs) yeah go on amazon they have um they have those measurement things where you can put it around the arm Mm -hmm. and it makes it really easy to self-measure but the cool thing about measurements especially when you're gaining or when you're losing, is that you can really see what's going on. I think a, a, a good place to really make sure that you measure it is your waist area. So like your, your belly, two inches above and two inches below. Um, when you're two trying, inches above your two inches belly above button? Your belly button okay. Two inches below your yeah. belly button. And some, something that I try to do with people is to make sure that even as we're gaining or yeah, trying to put on muscle, we don't want to see that area go up much, if at all. And a lot of the times I'm actually looking for that area to slowly go down because if you're, if that area is going down you tend to accumulate fat there, but that's going down as you're gaining weight slowly, that means you're doing the, the unicorn. 
you're losing body fat as you're gaining a little bit of muscle over time. Mm-hmm. It's a slow process. It takes a lot of patience. Um, but it, it's a it's a good determiner if that's going down that you're actually not putting on body fat as you're getting stronger. Um, the other areas that I have people take measurements are the chest, right arm, left arm, two inches above the belly, two inches below, hips, right thigh, and left thigh. Um, and I have people do that weekly. Is there a difference if it's a female? No. Just because sometimes we st- tend to store body fat a little differently than females. Waist area still. Waist yeah. area is still a good a good place to keep an eye on. The hips at that point, you, you also want to pay attention mm-hmm. to because a lot of the women I work with don't want to lose too much there. Right. <laughs> um, but the waist is still a good determinant. If they're trying to gain and if you're trying to lose, obviously, like it's it's kind of the same deal. But when you're losing, you want to focus on not m- losing too much size in the areas like the right thigh, the left thigh, the arms, the chest. You want to see the big areas going down, typically the waist area, and potentially you might see some go down in the hips because most a lot of people also hold a lot of body fat there. Um, so I think taking measurements weekly is a really good thing to do. If the scale doesn't cause you too much anxiety, it's a really good idea the to scale really yourself. bothers some people, right? It does. It bothers a lot of people because if they don't see the scale moving as fast in one direction or the other, it demotivates them and makes them less compliant to what so they need to if do. If you have someone like that, you just say, hey, don't worry about it. I just have them not weigh themselves or maybe we'll do one weigh in a week on the same day. But the measurements is what I really try to have people focus on because the measurements over a long period of time will really tell a good story. Like this guy I, I, was, I was talking to you about, he's like 44. Um, he is the same weight now than when we started about like seven months ago, mm-hmm. 192, right? We fluctuated. We got up to like 196 and back to 192. But the thing about him is that he's substantially stronger. He looks substantially different. The waist area has gone down about four inches in total. Uh, his legs are bigger and he's much stronger. But the thing is, is like we, you know, I've been having him focus on performance, Like, even though his goal was to lose body fat, instead of focusing on losing body fat, we focused on getting stronger. If you can, and to what Mark was mentioning, the whole unicorn thing, losing body fat and gaining muscle over time. I think for a lot of people, it comes down to, like Andrew also mentioned, Stan Efferding talked about owning your weight, right? If you're, I don't know, 15, 16% body fat, if you focus on staying the same weight, for seven or eight months while getting stronger in the gym, you're going to look substantially different in seven to eight months. Definitely better. If you focus on gaining strength and increasing your performance in the gym, um, because like naturally you're just going to be gaining a little bit of muscle because of the increased performance. And because you're holding on to that weight, you're going to slowly be losing a little bit of body fat as your performance increase and increases. And you're just going to look better. Um, so it's a slow process and it's not something that a lot of people like to do, but after a while you're just like, damn, I'm, I'm looking substantially better at the same weight. It, it, it it's something that you can do. So measurements, um, weighing yourself each day, if the scale doesn't cause you anxiety, uh, and taking pictures, I'd say every single once a month, cause you're going to be taking pictures of yourself more than that, but you'll be able to see a big difference with the same pictures, same lighting every four weeks. You'll be able to see a good, good difference in those pictures. Yeah. How about monitoring their sleep? Uh, yeah. Have you monitor their sleep? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's important. Uh, but like monitoring your sleep, it's something you should do. Not from like, I guess the aspect of tracking the way you look, but just making sure that you perform well. If you're mm-hmm. like, so I like this whoop thing mm-hmm. because 
it just like it, it it helps me keep track of like how I'm sleeping every single night and then I can, it can help me optimize that. So, yeah. and then how does that work? Like, doesn't it tell you like you're like, you got a good amount of sleep. You can perform really well today. Is that part of like your plan or whatever? It pays it or this pays attention to like heart rate variability, mm-hmm. which if, like if it's really, really low, that shows that you're not really like, and I can actually tell on the days that my HRV is low, I'm actually not feeling as good physically. Mm-hmm. And the days where it's higher, actually like I'm not paying attention to that I actually do feel better. Um, so but, cool. Yeah, it, it is pretty cool. But yeah, you do want to pay attention to your sleep because obviously if you're not sleeping well consistently, your performance is going to be crap. If your performance is not good, that's going to affect your body fat loss and all of that over time. It gives you like a sleep score type of thing, right? It gives you a sleep score gives you a sleep score i know that like when i was doing my bodybuilding show i just i got to a point where the sleep was really hard and there was like i I was just you know i was just i was wrecked when you get leaner that happens (laughs) yeah i was just like you know pretty much killing myself but then as it got closer to the show and as i started to feel it more i'm like i really need to pay i i know i keep telling myself i need to sleep and uh I still just wasn't doing it. And then I finally committed to it. And I can't remember the exact amount of weight. It was like five pounds or maybe seven pounds. Just, it just completely disappeared off of me and, and didn't come back. It wasn't just like, it wasn't only like a shift in, in water weight. I mean, I'm sure some of it was water, um, but it was within about a two week time period. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I got a lot better sleep. And I remember even one specific day where I I woke up in the morning, you know, probably like four o'clock or something, but this was a day that I didn't have to train with Mike. And, uh, you know, I wait, I weighed myself and I went back to bed and, you know, I, I stayed in bed until maybe like seven or something like that. And when I woke up, I was like three or four pounds lighter mm-hmm. and veins everywhere. Like it was mm-hmm. wild. And I was just like, wow, like that's the fucking power. That's the power of sleep right there. And and obviously it's, I'm not saying that, you know, sleeping is going to like burn fat necessarily, but you do burn fat and a lot of restorative things happen when you sleep. Um, that's why we need sleep. That's why all living, all living things have to like either sleep or like, you know, recharge in some way, even things that aren't alive. It's like all this shit needs like batteries or some sort of electricity. If it doesn't need, you know, if it doesn't need sleep, it needs to be fucking plugged in. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it just doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah. You know, body fat loss happens so much more consistently when you're getting quality sleep each night. And yeah. it's, you know, I was thinking about this recently cause uh, I've been there, there. I've been having some stress, some undue stress for the past, I don't know, two or two and a half weeks. And it's fucked my sleep up so mm, much. Mm-hmm. And like, as I track it on this, I'm just like, God dang, man. Mm-hmm. When the, like you, you, you gotta just make sure you, you gotta, you gotta chill out. <laughs> yeah. Well, like when I was prepping for my photo shoot, it was the same thing. I'm like in SEMA, like, dude, I'm like taking so many steps backwards. Like what's going on? Like we're getting so close. And you're just like, what was your sleep like? It was Okay. Like, what was it really like? All right, I got like maybe six hours last night. And you're like, okay, you need to get some sleep. And again, I, I've said this before, but I'm like, I know how important sleep is. But when I could physically see a difference in my body, like from one day after. to the next, was like, whoa, like, mm-hmm. okay. Then it was super like uh, motivating to like, okay, it's time to go to bed. But it took that for me, to, again, somebody who understands, we, you know, we talk about on this podcast, all the time and I, I understand it and i still was like 
it didn't hit me about how important it was until I could actually see it in the mirror mm-hmm. from one day to the next, how much of an impact it made on my body. Yeah. So that, that stuff was huge. This is uh, from our boy Rhino, who actually sent over um, two chunks of literature on like weighing yourself so you know to weigh yourself or not to weigh yourself you know people always ask that question um i'm sure that you know for as many papers as we can pull up that are for weighing yourself we can probably probably pull up as many uh that are against it right and uh it could be for various reasons but there is some evidence um at least there's some evidence based on some pretty good research that weighing yourself frequently uh is beneficial and that the, the the avoidance of the scale, if you think about, let, let's say, let's say that you're weighing yourself, I don't know, like twice a week for a little while and you were doing pretty good. And you're like, wow, I lost 10 pounds. I feel great. Mm-hmm. What would be the thing that would lead you to start to avoid the scale again? It would probably be that you're like. I, I really have, I haven't been sticking to my plan, mm. so I'm going to stop weighing myself, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, that's the action that probably starts first. It could also be that you are sticking to the plan. You get a little frustrated because you might be seeing some various, uh, just just maybe you reached a little bit of a plateau, and that can be really frustrating. Or if you're a female, you know, some hormonal things are going on, and you see, you know, sometimes people will kind of, They'll, they'll be like, man, I was so pissed off. I weighed myself this morning and I'm, I'm up two pounds. And you're like, hey, two pounds, like, <laughs> r- relax. Like, uh, you know, everything's going to be okay. It's easy for somebody to say that's not in the moment for the person that's not doing the work. Yeah. But it can be really demoralizing and frustrating for the person that is doing the work. But what I would encourage you to do is I would encourage people to weigh themselves and to weigh yourself frequently enough to where you even know what you weigh without getting on a scale. I think that's important. I think that's how much, yeah, you don't have to be obsessed with it, but I, I think that you should weigh yourself enough to be like, yep, like I can tell what I weigh kind of in the morning. I weighed 239 this morning mm. and I thought I weighed 238. So mm-hmm. I was like close enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, each, each, uh, each day is going to be a little different depending on what you eat. But if you start to learn a lot about that, then you can start to, uh, you can make better choices. I end up making better decisions sometimes. I'm like, ah, I already ate, you know, that earlier today. So I'm not going to, I ate a lot earlier, so I'm good. Or, you know, I have this coming up, so I I can, it just helps you manage it. But anyway, the conclusion based on some of these studies on, you know, frequently weighing yourself, it says, uh, the conclusions are based on consistency and evidence reviewed frequent self weighing. Uh, at the very least, seems to be a good predictor of moderate weight loss uh, and less weight regain, which I think that is massive. You know, weight loss is one thing, but avoiding, you know, gaining your weight back is huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, The avoidance of the initial weight gain in adults, and he listed out a study that, that, uh, that he referenced, but I found it to be really useful for me. And again, I think, and Seema pointed out some other great resources, some other things that you can do that are just different, you know, because maybe you do like get super freaked out by it. And if you do, what a great idea just to not do it for a little while. Yeah. I think a big thing that uh, also, I mean, it kind of falls in line with measurements, but uh, a great thing that I think people underestimate is just the way clothes fit. I find that that's a powerful thing when you're trying, like, let's say you're going from bigger to being smaller. Let's say you're not seeing the scale move as fast as you'd like, but your pants are way looser. 
and and like that shirt that used to hug your belly isn't hugging your belly as much like those are things like you you got to count these wins like you always say mark like you know figure out where your wins are figure out where you're winning even if it's small you got to figure that you gotta you gotta understand that i think a big thing too and i hear this a lot whenever like when when you look at yourself every day right and you're trying to get bigger you don't see it much but when somebody's like yo you're looking bigger right that is actually that's a very honest assessment even though they're not trying to do that that's a very honest assessment of the changes that you're making even though you don't see it when someone says wow you're looking bigger or you're looking more muscular and you've only gained like a pound or two that's a big deal and you need it that's one of those ways that you can actually see those results so when people tell me like oh yeah a friend of mine said i got bigger but i don't see i'm like yo your friend's right <laughs> like your friend is you like they, they can actually see that difference because they don't see you every day you know a you're biased ex- a good example might be uh you after jujitsu practice probably when if somebody saw you then because you actually lost a bunch of weight you lost some water weight maybe you lost four pounds or depending on how hot it is and how hard the practice was somebody be like oh my god you're huge but you're literally you literally weigh less than you did but when you started practice yeah you're just hot and and uh you sweated a lot of it out you know mm-hmm. yeah so and once people can see more definition then they think you're getting more muscular like what are you doing different you're like i lost five pounds <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah sometimes that's all it takes mm-hmm. cool awesome i think uh, yeah. i think we hit up uh, a lot of good points you know just to kind of reiterate there's a lot of different ways to stimulate muscle growth to to get some uh, good old muscle mass going um you know training heavy is one way to do it time under tension uh there's there's so many different things that fall under time under tension there's so many different methods um if anyone uh has never really implemented or tried uh some rest pause methods uh i i really like that method a lot and there's there's many different ways to do rest pause but re- basically what it allows you to do is it allows you to handle a heavier weight and still do uh drop sets or even repeat sets with a similar weight mm-hmm. all that you do is you just rest a little bit in between the sets so let's just say that you were doing some um it's kind of easier to do on like a regular bench press than it is to do with dumbbells because you got to keep you know bringing up dumbbells up and down at least in a a, with a regular bar you can just rack it each time but let's say that you um let's say that you can bench around i don't know maybe let's say say you can bench 300 pounds if you bench 300 pounds you might want to try um 250 pounds or 275 pounds for some reps and maybe you can do about uh like seven to nine reps with that weight which would sound like you would be like way way stronger than a 300 pound bench probably two 250 or 235 or something like that mm-hmm. depending on the person you can get two or three reps a clip and you can do three sets of it you can do like three you know three sets of it and each time you know you'll do three reps rack it rest about 15 seconds Three reps, rest about 15 seconds. The advantage there is just that you're able to use more weight. Uh, you're able to use more weight for more reps than you would normally be able to do. Um, another another form of, of doing stuff like that is, um, you know, forced reps. Having somebody kind of guide you through some reps. You... Um, 
you know, again, your best bench is, uh, you know, 300. You have uh, 275 on and you tell your spotter, hey, I'm going to go for like five, six reps. I know that I'm probably going to die at like the third one, but I want you to kind of bump me through and guide me through uh, a couple extra reps. Some people like to do eccentric work where they bring the weights down really slow. Um, I've never really been a fan of, of uh, I've liked uh, drop sets and things like that, but I like tempo work, but not moving around too slow, just more controlled than anything else. Um, that's what I found to be like felt the best to me because when I've, I've done eccentric work before and it just hurts. It just makes you, <laughs> it just makes you really, really sore. If you do like a, a six second eccentric with a really heavy weight, it's just like impossible to recover from. It's great for deadlifts. It, oh, it's, it, yeah, it, it is absolutely brutal yeah. on something like it. And it can, yeah, there you go. It can benefit your strength a ton too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's just so many different ways of doing this stuff. You can pause in the middle of a rep. Um, I do that sometimes with bicep movements. I might kind of get a little curl going, hold it for a second, kind of flex, maybe go back down, then go all the way through or do like one and a half reps. I mean, just the list of things that you can do is endless. And that's what makes training so fun. Yep. You know, Andrew trains with me uh, here and there and uh, well, pretty frequently. And it's always so different. A, a method we've been utilizing lately is uh, starting and finishing with the same exercise. Mm. That's a lot of fun. Give it a try. You know, try to start your workout with uh, leg extensions and end your workout with leg extensions or start your workout with a squat and end your workout with a squat. It's brutal. You know, maybe maybe on the first round of squats, maybe you do three sets of five, but maybe when you come back to the squat again, maybe you do, uh, you know, three sets of 15, like mm-hmm. you'll, you'll mm-hmm. just be, t- you'll be torched, but the, it's, uh, it's fun. There's a, it's, and it ends up being, it ends up being like kind of new every time. And Seema was saying that he likes to push heavy. And then, you know, once he pushes heavy, maybe he does a set of six with a bunch of weight wrapped around him for some uh, pull-ups. And then you go into doing something a little lighter. Yeah. I think, uh, one thing that you mentioned there that I think a lot of a lot of people can get a lot from there's a the guy that just called he was asking uh you know how to build up that motivation to go train in the gym right as much as some people may talk about oh this training is optimal or you know if you set up your percentages this way this is optimal i get it it's great it's a you want to set up your training in a smart way where you can recover and make progress right but make your training fun and something that you're going to look forward to and if that means like you know you, you want to start with a movement and end with a movement because that because that actually sounds really freaking fun you can find a way to do that in a way that's going to lie to make progress but also will motivate you to go into the gym because it's new and it's exciting um i think that's something that a lot of us underestimate when we're just looking to make progress we kind of put enjoyment on the back burner and only focus on optimizing Right. Uh, And that's not always the best thing. I don't think that's the best thing to do all the time. Yeah. And what makes the uh, like starting and and stop or starting and finishing with the uh, the same workout is like so we did dips yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not fantastic at dips, but like I can do whatever rep sets that Mark, you know, is doing. And then it's good. Triceps were popping, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. My triceps or your triceps? Your Your triceps. triceps. (laughs) (laughs) They're really sore right now. Um so we did a whole chest workout and then we finished with uh, dips again. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I could only do jump dips, like right, I'm, I'm down and then I had to jump up and then slowly, yes, yeah, it was tough. I've never... Kipping dips. I've never been able to get to that point, you know, like yeah. I, I usually don't have the patience to burn out all the way that bad, mm -hmm. but it like yeah, fast you got, forwarded You everything. got lit up yesterday because like when we, went to, when we went to the bench press, we were using the uh, Cadillac bar. On the oh, bench. <laughs> Andrew was toast, man. <laughs> it was so good though. It's like, we're going to put a five on each side for you here Andrew. yeah i was like can we turn on like the anti-gravity position it's impossible for me uh it, oh, it, yeah i was absolutely crushed but you know like if you can think of something to where like you maybe don't have the patience to do to to burn out like that that's a really good way to do it and yeah. man like i said I, I am sore right now I got to hang out with my buddy, uh, Mark Uyama. He's been Sick. a uh, strength coach in the NFL for 14 years. And one of the things that he's always done is he's always had a day that's just for the guys. Just just a day. He says, man, you know, hey, you know, do what you want. You know, like this. So each training session, you know, he's got it real mapped out. Hey, we're going to go through these stretches. We're going to go through these drills. And you got to, you know, use use this machine and do do things this way on like a Friday he'll mm -hmm. say it's up to you guys yeah. like you do your thing and they just always crank whatever music they want they're dancing they're lifting they're having fun and you know they're just they're able to gravitate towards whatever exercises they like and why not do that for yourself you know why not be like hey fuck all this stuff man i'm just gonna go have some fun mm -hmm. even if you're on a specific program and you just you look at it one day and you're like man that's a lot of work i just don't feel like doing that don't feel bad about it there, there's there's going to be more time you know you have you have more time to continue to work on yourself it's it's you have a it, lifetime you have a lifetime <laughs> it's it's a it's just, a, it's a form of self-improvement, right? Just getting yourself to the gym, period. So just fucking relax a little bit mm -hmm. and get it in there and have, you know, have, have some fun with it. That, that's how you're going to, uh, that's how you're going to outlast everybody. That's how you're going to be doing this for five years, 10 years, 20 years. And it doesn't matter, you know, what your genetic background is. It doesn't matter where you started. It matters that you're able to hold on to this for a long period of time. Because you'll pass up everybody. You'll pass up every single person that has stopped. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what they've, you know, what they were able to, you know, what they had before. If they stopped, that's all you need them to do. And you can, you can, uh, you can get a victory over them. Andrew, want to take us on out of here, buddy? I will. That was an awesome show. Thank you, everybody, for calling in today. If you guys are listening to, listening to this after we go off air, please make sure you text, uh, we'll say text the word power to 206 737-7369 to get notified the very next 69. time. 69, did you hear that? He said 69. Yeah. yeah, too bad it wasn't like 420, 6969 or something like that. Yeah. What was your comment about the nose? <laughs> so that was from uh, <laughs> Bert Kreischer, I think. He was talking about, so when he was young. <laughs> and Seam is real interested. He's yeah. like, and scared. I'm, I'm just thinking of, <laughs> there's something I'm thinking about. I don't know if it's going to go It's going there, that but. way. Oh, yeah. So when he was young, before he ever like had had sex or anything, he's just like, I can't wait to do a 69. Like, that sounds like it's going to be amazing. He's like, and then it happened, and like, I didn't know where to put my nose. He's like, it was just really uncomfortable. He's like, so ever since then, it just was like, nope, no go on the 6'9. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that, that's so, not awesome. Yeah, that's not. I, yeah, I was thinking about that. that and that's, of course yeah. you were. Okay. Everybody was. <laughs> Anyways, 206 737 7369. Haha. You guys will get a text notification. Uh, if you, well, so text 
power to that number. You guys will get a text notification the very next time that we do a, um, a live call-in show. So if you missed out, Please do that so you guys get that notification. Um, please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Biles Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. And then also, you know, Mark was just probably texting Stan Efforting. We have the opportunity to literally just call anybody that we want. So if you guys have ideas for who you guys want to hear on a call-in show, and then you guys will have an opportunity to speak after them, let us know, let us know in the, uh, the comment section down below, wherever you're watching this, whether it be YouTube or Facebook. And then, of course, reach out on Instagram. If you guys have anybody that you want us to reach out to and talk to on the phone, and then maybe afterwards, like us as a whole group, you guys included, we can discuss what we uh, – we heard from our guest uh my instagram is at i am andrew z and sima where you at and sima Yang on instagram and youtube and sima Yang on tiktok and twitter mark dude why are you so jacked why don't you just <laughs> why don't you just tell us <laughs> yeah. just fucking just 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 let us know it's a safe zone why you gotta have secrets mm-hmm. i mean right. you did tell us some stuff on the show but i still feel like you're not i don't know yeah you're like i'm stressed i'm not really getting sleep and i was like uh-huh Still waiting for the, uh, I can see my body's not as jacked as it was. That's <laughs> no, not the case. It's just, it's just funny how, like, how, like, crazy, like, yeah, stress can really, like, mess with oh, sleep. Out. That's all. Mm-hmm. It's a killer. Yeah. But no, there's no secrets, man. I don't know, man. There's no secrets. Andrew, what do you think? I don't know. He's wearing glasses. You I wouldn't, wish. You wouldn't punch a man with glasses? No, but maybe he's hiding something behind those frames. Oh. You know, one thing I wish we could do is we could just give <laughs> Testosterone was pretty high, wasn't it? It was surprisingly high. high. No, it was in yeah, the normal range. Normal range is not It was normal. in the high end yeah. of the normal range. It didn't say high. It's a normal, but it was mm-hmm. at like the, <laughs> the highest end of normal. You were which knocking, I was surprised about. You were knocking on high's door yeah i was knocking on high's <laughs> yeah door. i would thought that you'd be really high in estrogen <laughs> just by the by the looks of him right yeah right <laughs> yeah you don't, you don't look like you exude testosterone at all no nope. I, mean, I was raised by women so oh there you go yeah maybe that's a secret i don't know could be we could gotta be. we gotta follow his program i don't know I can, what is it I goats can't. or something that you said you eat goat milk he eats a whole well, goat head no no um i have a few people that pump breast milk for me oh. i don't know if like that's what mm. i thought everybody did like i have a fridge full of breast mm. milk at home not from mm. not, like, first the creatine now this but isn't that normal is it is it cambodian breast milk um n- no oh, okay i don't necessarily want to no i'm not going to go he's going to end up but, telling us that he's on a gram of vitamin c a day probably too <laughs> 1500 oh but isn't that what you do i thought you were natty bro God. But that's, I thought that's what you do too. Mm, I don't know. This is why they say you should meet your heroes. Wait, pause, but real well, I'm talk. not claiming to be natural. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you guys do the breast milk thing? <laughs> uh, I do we almond should. milk from time to time. So maybe that explains mm. my physique to yours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought it was, I gotta, I gotta mm. go home. Strength is never weakness. Weakness <laughs> never strength. Catch you guys later.